Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Thank you so much to Kula for sponsoring today's episode. So I feel like whenever we think about skincare, we think about like, oh, I need to protect my skin for like the environmental factors or like, especially living in New York or in a city yeah. where there's like so much in the air and, you know, you're walking through like bus exhaust. Yes. <laughs> like, I guess this is like sitting on top of my mm-hmm. like cheekbones now. I'm yeah. not sure. But when we're inside now, I've been thinking about it more and more because obviously the air in my apartment is so dry. So I've dry. been really bad at using my humidifier, which I Same. need to work on. But like, you know, clearly, clearly there's a lot to do. There is like blue light is a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. All this stuff like in my house is also something that I need to deal with with my skin. And I've been really excited about Kula's new organic skincare line for tackling those issues. So Kula pioneered healthy sun protection, but most of us are looking for more than just sun protection from our products, obviously. So Kula just launched this new organic skincare collection. It supports your skin's natural barrier, which we have talked so much about. Everybody in the beauty world talks so much about the barrier, the barrier, the barrier. It helps you fight modern day skin aggressors like blue light, toxins, dry air, and even your lifestyle. Kula Organic Skincare is your skin's first line of protection, keeping moisture and nutrients in and modern day environmental and digital stressors out. Their Great Barrier Cream Fortifying Moisturizer harnesses the healing power of the sea with organic ingredients like sea kelp and blue algae to boost hydration and help strengthen your skin's natural barrier. Their new Vital Rush Skin Renewal Serum revitalizes stressed skin with an organic blend of plant power ingredients. Combining the energizing properties of goji berry with vitamin-rich camu camu extract, these concentrated nutrients help renew fatigued skin. And my all-time favorite, like new HG, is their award-winning Sun Silk Drops. They are sheer drops that provide lightweight, broad-spectrum SPF 30 protection and Kula's full-spectrum 360 technology to help mitigate the effects of blue light, IR, and pollution. And friends, I, my skin is so sensitive to sunscreen that for years, I just didn't wear it at all. This stuff doesn't irritate my skin at all. It also doesn't leave any white film whatsoever. It's so wonderful. You can blend it with your favorite moisturizer or your foundation. It's wonderful. Want to give your skin what it's really craving? Check out the new Kula Organic Skincare on Kula.com. They'll even give you 10% off your first order with the code a thing or two. Hi there. We wanted to take a second before we get into this episode to thank you for listening. We really, really love getting to do this show and your support, whether it's by subscribing, leaving us a review, or supporting our advertisers is what makes it possible. We are ridiculously grateful. And I'm sorry that I'm going to do a whole like people are asking influencer energy thing here, but sometimes people do in fact ask us if there are other ways that they can support us. Friends, the answer is yes. 
Um, our secret menu membership program is a once weekly members only newsletter that costs four bucks a month and your first month's fee goes straight to charity. We cover all sorts of topics. We're talking shopping, gifting, food, entertainment, even advice, and of course, snacks. You can sign up for it all at a thing or two hq.com to start receiving it. And you'll even get access to all the back issues you missed. And if you've made it this far without subscribing to our free Monday newsletter, well, what are you doing? Go ahead and rectify that also at a thing or two hq.com. If all of that sounds like too much effort, we get it. Maybe just take 15 seconds to go smash some stars for us in the rating section of Apple Podcasts. That helps a ton, truly. Thank you. Now on to the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. As a reminder, we offer free ad reads to Black-owned businesses. So hit us up at podcast at a thing or two hq.com if you'd like to take advantage. Hi, Erica. Hi, Claire. <laughs> we have such an exciting episode today because our management coach, who we talk about all the time, is coming on. He's being I, revealed. He's being <laughs> unveiled. <laughs> I do feel like he, for us, he's like, you know that friend who, even though you know their boyfriend's name, is always like, my boyfriend this, my boyfriend that, or like, my husband this, my... And you're like, his name's I know. John. You can just say John. <laughs> like, I feel like we should just... Our audience is like, his name's Ben. We know. You can just say Ben. It's your management coach. You know? I do know, Claire. I do. Um, um, and the first thing we wanted to talk about, so because mm-hmm. our holiday gift guide episodes, like y'all, all y'all seem to like those, mm-hmm. we've decided to make a, a little recurring gifting segment at the top of some episodes with your just like hard to shop for year round problems. And I think we are kicking this one off on the right note. So this is like the tone that we are setting for what we're looking for. (laughs) This person nailed their question. That's right. Thank you for your friend who fed your pet snake weekly for six weeks. They like fish. P-H. P-H-I-S-H. They like like fish. P-H-I-S-H. Which I'm enamored with this question. Gifts for people who like fish is a whole category on its own. (laughs) Absolutely. And gifts for people who are willing to watch a snake, a category all on its own. But I also think that the Venn diagram of people who are willing to like snakes and people who are into fish, like that, there's a big overlap. It's not two circles. It's not two separate <laughs> circles. <laughs> um, so Claire, I scoured the fish merch uh, yes. section and I've decided that there is one piece of fish merch that we mm-hmm. can endorse. Okay. Um, I saw this that in, in your notes, it looks, I agree with you on this. It is the Fishman Donut round jigsaw puzzle, which basically is like a blue and red bullseye situation. Mm-hmm. It looks it's incredibly, yes. Yeah. And it looks incredibly challenging. Yeah. Um, and what I learned in doing some digging and I like, can't even confess this to Thomas, who is a fish fan. He would be like disappointed in me for not knowing this, but this like donut circle, mm-hmm. this like blue and red circle situation is based on this Mew Mew that the fish drummer, John Moo Fishman. Moo. Sorry. 
<laughs> well, no, you just said Mew Mew as if it was like the <laughs> label. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want anyone to get confused that the drummer from Fish is wearing Mew Mew. <laughs> You know, he's wearing a moo-moo, excuse me, (laughs) um, that he's been wearing for nearly 30 years, this drummer, John Fishman, Mm F-I-S-H, not to be confused. Um, And they have, they, in like 2015, trademarked this, this like... This donut design. Yeah, the art on the the moo-moo. So anyway, no one needs to know that when it's on your coffee table. Like it just looks artistic, um, which is something. All right, so we've sort of split this the the answers for this into two into categories. snake and fish. <laughs> yeah, we've like said, okay, here are the products that respond to the fish head in this in this person. So maybe we continue with other things that we think fall in the sort of fish aesthetic. I think that makes sense. So there's this brand called Island Bamboo that makes these very charming, very like psychedelic looking like bamboo spoon sets and salt cellars that I would be happy. I'd be thrilled to have in my home as someone who only lives with someone who listens to fish. (laughs) I also think, you know, we're making some assumptions here that like, if you like fish, you're also into incense and or like, well, you're at least comfortable being around a lot of it. Or around a lot of cannabis, you know. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Or maybe you even consume it yourself. So we've got a couple of things that fall into that category too. So one is the non-nin incense cones, which come in scents like blood orange and cypress and sea salt and sand dunes. Um, it's from a very good, cool company based in Richmond, Virginia. And then Boy Smells makes a Kush candle that, you know, we've, we've had at my house as well. You could also just go for straight up paraphernalia. Um, and there's so much attractive designy smoking paraphernalia around these days to companies that we love. Tetra, which is like a multi-brand retailer online that sells a lot of cannabis paraphernalia. And they have this Debbie Carlos curl pipe. We love Debbie Carlos. Um, she is a ceramicist and she does these really beautiful pipes that are you know, they're serpent shaped. So they actually tick both boxes. They're check, like, check. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, Edie Parker flower has a really beautiful stash case that was also selected with the fish fan in mind. And that it's sort of like a psychedelic color mix. It's like, it's neonish and and fun. So maybe check that out. But then the other direction we really liked was just like doing something snake themed because it becomes a sort of cheeky memento of this person's time spent with your snake, you know? A hundred percent. So area where makes something called a snake block that actually doesn't have anything to do with snakes, but it's called snakes. So, you know, there you go. But it, these little blocks that you can put together, they're sort of like a tangram magnetile situation. And it's a good keeping your hands busy desk accessory. Or just like a good like stoner thing to do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Again, checking all the boxes. Lorian Stern, who's an artist who we love, who just makes such cool stuff, has sort of like recurring motifs throughout her work and a snake is one of them. So she has a snake wall hanging ceramic or a plush snake sculpture, which she calls it a plush snake sculpture. I call it like a body pillow in the shape of a snake. Um, those are both on the pricey side. So if you wanted to do something, um, you know, depending on how, for how long this person watched your snake, maybe you're just going for the snake bucket hat or the snake hoodie. Firm Living also does a Mr. Snake cushion or a Fruit Kana snake. Again, these are all just body pillows, if you ask me, (laughs) Um, but in the shape of snakes. Um, And then we love Chen Chen and Kai Williams. Love. Um, They just do the coolest design objects and they've made a serpent lighter keychain. So, and it's in collaboration with the handbag line, Cara, and it's 
a keychain that is shaped like a serpent and it perfectly fits a little mini Bic lighter. Cute. Um, but it also can be a bottle opener. I, Claire, I do think that one is checking all the boxes too. I, I, it I, totally is. You're I, absolutely I don't understand right. how it's not. You're absolutely right. And then finally, this artist, Willa Hart, has these really great snake prints and snake placemats um, available in Cherish's print shop. And they're really brightly colored and fun. And yeah, I would say they're also uh, falling in the, the fish aesthetic realm as well. This is making me like open to the idea of watching a snake for six weeks because <laughs> you, you want a gift like yeah. this on the other side. I don't know. I don't think I could. I don't think I could watch a snake for six weeks. It depends on what the snake needs to eat for me, really. I just feel like I've seen too many weird little videos of a snake like getting out of its cage and eating a like dog or something. I don't know. <laughs> Snakes are just unpredictable in their like abilities to swallow things and navigate. <laughs> there was, I somebody sent, somebody posted a video recently of a snake just like fully like turning a doorknob and opening a door and then like falling in through the door. You know, I'll try to find it. It was terrifying. I would like to see that. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we take this opportunity to bring on Ben? Yes, let's bring on Ben. So Dr. Ben Michaelis is our management coach who you've heard us talk so much about and who we see, even though we don't manage people anymore. He's a clinical psychologist who writes and speaks regularly about mental health, creativity, spirituality, and motivation. And he's the author of the book, Your Next Big Thing, 10 Small Steps to Get Moving and Get Happy. And I also want to preface this by saying like we interviewed a bunch of management coaches before we ended up seeing one. And the thing that I think really makes Ben unique is that he's a psychologist by training. Like he has his PhD in psychology, but he has a real mind for just business and workplaces in a way that... And like workplace dynamics yes. too. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. feels like he has this really unique perspective where it's not just talking to a career coach who's like, here's how to network. And it's also just not going to therapy and like talking to a therapist who's never actually been in an office before and has no idea what that's like. So yeah, excited for you guys to hear this. Thank you so much to Caviar for sponsoring this week's episode. Claire, so I was telling you, it's like, just feels so embarrassing in 2021 mm -hmm. to be like, but I like their curation. <laughs> <laughs> Caviar has really good curation. I do. And I do find myself browsing the various recommendations. Like they have this whole, in my version of the Caviar app, at least a roundup of women powered or yes. women founded restaurants um, in collaboration with Pineapple Collaborative, a company we really like. They have a healthy enough category, which like, pretty much. Super speaks to me. That's right. And they have a black owned restaurants category. And it's just so nice to like see these things on your homepage and to be like, yes, take me there. Show me something new. Let, let's go. Well, because the truth is that half the time that you are ordering, you're like on the brink of just total hanger disaster and you're totally overwhelmed by all the options. And you're like, I don't know what to get. Everything sounds good. And everything also sounds awful. And just tell me and there having... But there that are a lot so of conversations helpful. in my household that are basically like, but we need to decide right now. <laughs> like it just has to happen right now. I can't deliberate anymore. Be like, whatever, I don't care. Let's decide. <laughs> you know that one of my all-time favorite memes is the one where it says, when I ask my girl what she wants for dinner, and then it's the scene from uh, from the notebook with Ryan Gosling saying, just tell me what you want. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to Caviar for helping us move past that stage of the ordering phase. Truly, truly.
Get the Caviar app and get the food you want. Their curated list of options offer quality meals with the convenience of in-app ordering. There are so many delivery apps out there, but Caviar is the go-to place to find local restaurants that can be delivered right to your doorstep. Caviar is available in over 25 major U.S. cities, and there are plenty of options to choose from. With the Caviar app, you can get the food you actually want. So get the Caviar app, get delivery, get food you want. And just for our listeners, Caviar is giving you 20% off your first order. Just enter the promo code THINGER2 2021 at checkout. Remember, that's 20% off your first order with promo code THINGER2 2021. Download the Caviar app and use offer code THINGER2 2021 for 20% off your first order. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. As a leading functional medicine practitioner, I have had the unique position to see so many alchemize their pain and health problems to their purpose. Now I want the same for you. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers, where there is a fresh infusion of grace and lightness into wellness. This is the art of being well. Join me every Thursday for a new episode. Ben, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this is um, such a moment for us. A long because, time coming, I think. Well, we refer to you constantly. I like in some ways it's a tragedy that this isn't happened while this didn't happen while of a kind was still running because I, I feel like it would have been such a gift to our staff for whom you were a little like bit of, <laughs> enigmatic, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is this guy? <laughs> um, so this is like a, a late a late gift to them <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> I, I've, I have like enjoyed the kind of sense of that I was like Charlie from Charlie's Angels, where it's exactly. just like this speaker. <laughs> um, so, you know, and but this is audio, so it still sort of works in that way. We actually. can keep that. We can keep up that ruse. I <laughs> was trying to think of the right cinematic reference and I knew that the Wizard of Oz was not right, but Charlie, Charlie <laughs> nails it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, Ben, we've been seeing you. I was thinking about it the other day. We've been seeing you now for, I think, five years, um, which is like a yeah. very, yeah, which is like, I don't know, feels feels momentous to me. Um, and just in terms of the period of time that um, we've been seeing you and the, the phases that you've seen us go through in our relationship with one another and our relationship with work. Um, and then this last year, when we chatted last week, I was t- saying like, wow, we've talked to, we talked to you every other Wednesday. And so we had talked to you the day of the insurrection. We talked to you on inauguration <laughs> day, just these real milestone moments um, where we have conversations that are like, so how are you feeling right now? And it's like, yeah. right, right now, right, right now. <laughs> it's so true. We talked, we also saw you the day before everything shut down. Um, like yes. we were in your office and talking about what was happening and you know how your how everybody was reacting to it. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of moments together. We have been through a, a really interesting time together. Um, and I, you know, I feel so fortunate that I've been able to, you know, be a part of your experience during this time. because uh, there's so much has happened and uh, you know, the two of you really handle a lot of really challenging situations with grace. And so it's been really enjoyable to be a part of that. Thank you. That's really nice. I do feel like for context, like the reason we started seeing you was because, so we had just sold of a kind to Bed Bath & Beyond and all of a sudden had a boss and a new team. And our, this company that we'd been running for five years had like an entirely just different dynamic and, and future. And Eric and I found ourselves like really struggling to 
manage and to like know how to relate to each other under all of these new circumstances. And we were like, I think it's time to get some help. Um, well, and I think we also felt like we had the opportunity of a sort of a clean slate and the ability mm-hmm. to become better managers as people who hadn't gone to business school or hadn't invested in like any sort of management training in the past. We felt like this, this is something we can do for ourselves. We can least. invest in this. Yeah. 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 So we, we came to you and having never, having thought a lot about how important our partnership was, but never actually invested in like managing it or therapizing it or like breaking it down in any way. And it was such a eye-opening process for us, even just those first couple of sessions with you to have you sort of like treat us in a lot of ways, like a married couple and be like, you need to work on your relationship. You need to, you know, you know, value it and like sort of treat it like you would any other really sort of central relationship in your life. And so that, that has been such a a big part of our work with you. And then it was like learning how to manage a team. And then it was learning how to manage this big transition of like leaving the company that we'd started and worked at for nearly 10 years. And um, so, yeah, we've been through it all with you for sure. Well, and over the last year, I think a lot of it has been thinking about how do you manage career development and how do you think about career development during this time and during a pandemic and during all of the, you know, racial injustice that has bubbled to the surface and like very sort of obvious way. But I think it's made us think differently about ambition and goals and, you know, what we are striving for. So what advice are you giving to people as they think about, you know, quote unquote, career development during this incredibly strange and trying period? So it's it's a great question. And, you know, one of the things that the two of you bring to and have brought to our work, you bring to your work is one of the core pieces of the way I think about this, which is really authenticity. Um, and sort of to go back a little bit, I, I remember, again, it's sort of these momentous experiences while we've been working together, but after the 2016 election, talking with the two of you about the idea that politics, you know, it's not really an option to keep politics uh, aside anymore. And what you believe, who you are, all of that stuff comes to, to, you know, it has to come with you, especially now as the boundaries are eroded. And, you know, one of the premises upon which I base my work is the idea that I'm I'm not a particularly transactional person. Um, It's not that I don't transact, of course, but that I, I really think about the duality between transactional and relational and people that are invested in other people, invested in relationships, I believe it yields really good results because you end up with, and whether this is in a personal way, whether Mm -hmm. this is in your immediate relationships or at work, you end up with people that you genuinely feel strongly about and you like. And those are relationships that last a long time. And so this idea that has been building for the last X number of years about authenticity right now is absolutely of the moment and bringing it with you during these interactions, especially while we're doing, we're interacting online. How do you encourage people to be authentic about their experiences and what they're going through when they're remote working and have all of these other, you know, when they have life like existing at home behind them, uh, maybe on screen or just off screen without it feeling like it's crossing professional boundaries? Great question. And and I think that some of this is judgment calls and and, yeah. and, and the idea about professional boundaries, those, those lines are blurring. Right. And thinking about 
the difference between bringing something of yourself and bringing something that's sort of inappropriate. And if you can have that thought, if you can have the thought of like, oh, this is not something that I think is appropriate to share for a myriad of reasons. And if you do the work in advance, that's the key. Because there are some things like you don't necessarily want to burden people with um, with things that they can't help you with or that mm. that feel discomforting. Um, and again, know your have a sense of your audience. You're going to try things out for sure. And, and I'm not sure if this is going to make it on the show, but this is one of my favorite examples from working with the two of you. Please. Um, I remember when we talked about when, when Claire was pregnant um, about how you were going to communicate that news to your boss. And I said, well, at the end of that one-on-one, you were going out for this meeting. I was like, the end of the one-on-one, I was suggesting that Claire say, guess what? I've got great news. I'm pregnant. And that news needed to be communicated. But by doing it in that way, that person had only one option about how to respond, one and one only. And it's that kind of thing where you, again, you don't control the other person, but you have a heck of a lot of sway over what they do by the way you communicate. Yeah. You're like setting them up. Like this, yeah. here's your layup. You have to take this <laughs> exactly. shot. <laughs> um, related to that question, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is that, you know, we talk so much about how important we think it is to sort of bring your whole self to work and to be able to acknowledge that, you know, you and your coworkers have a personal life outside of work and that that also comes with you to work necessarily. And so many of those interactions that, um, you know, acknowledge that happen at at the proverbial water cooler. You know, it happens like in passing. It happens when you're sort of shooting the ship before the workday starts or on the way to the bathroom or whatever it is. And when you don't have that anymore because these interactions really only happen over Zoom and Slack, how do you ensure that you're sort of getting to have those real relationships with people that aren't just transactional? I've been doing some, some talks with different companies lately about mental wellness, which I've really enjoyed. It's really been a pleasure. And um, I've been kind of pushing some of these issues. So with uh, this one company I was doing a talk with uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about the value of getting to know people that you don't normally know. And so I asked people to opt in to this thing. And then I gave the HR department the list, but to random coffees with different people in the firm. And they just did a sort of... uh, uh, ran, like the randomized people to just spend time with each other. And also just taking those few minutes to check in with each other um, at the beginning of meetings, at the end of meetings. If you notice someone is in a bad state, um, take the time, even, you know, just reaching out and saying, hey, how are you? Um, it just goes such a long way, especially because you don't know what people are going through, if they're caring for someone that's ill, if they're alone. And you know, we, we just need that more than ever, um, just that, that sense of compassion and empathy. Thank you so much to Function of Beauty for sponsoring today's episode. So I've been realizing, especially in the winter, how much I rely on a shower to like wake me up and mm, make it like mm-hmm. feel like, you know, the day is starting. And 
the scents in the shower I'm realizing. Also, I'm like more reliant on a part of that. Yeah. And I ordered my function of beauty with this like mint eucalyptus scent. Oh, me too. And, and it's really, it like really does it for me to be like, ooh, like this is like, it's invigorating. You know why? <laughs> because it smells like a spa. I feel like eucalyptus totally. is an underutilized scent outside of the walls of spas. Claire, and me too. So when you bring it into your home, it's a truly uh, transcendent experience. It has made me like contemplate, do I need like a sprig of eucalyptus to hang in my shower? Will like that be a thing for me? But until I then, might. I got Function of Beauty, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Function of Beauty is the world leader in customizable beauty. They offer precise formulations for your hair's specific needs. And man, do we know that all of our hair is so specific, especially- Special snowflakes. Special sure. snowflakes, especially my fellow curly haired ladies. So here's how you get started. You're going to take a quick, thorough quiz to tell them a little bit about your hair type, straight, wavy, curly, or coily, and hair goals such as lengthen, volumize, and oil control. And then because your hair changes with the season, you can go in and change your hair goals before every shipment, which like we should all be changing our hair goals on a quarterly basis, right? So next you choose your color and fragrance, or you can go fragrance and dye free if that's your preference. And then subscribers get access to exclusive colors and scents. Then Function of Beauty's team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula, and delivers it to you along with fun seasonal stickers and all the instructions you need. There are over 54 trillion possible formulations, which is mind-boggling. And Function of Beauty has over 50,000 real five-star reviews. Every ingredient Function of Beauty uses is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. You can also go completely silicone-free. And Function of Beauty offers completely personalized formulas for body and skincare as well. So you can customize your beauty routine from hair to toe. Never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash a thing or two to take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and beauty products. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash a thing or two to let them know you heard about it from our show and to get 20% off your order. Functionofbeauty.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to Imperfect Foods for sponsoring today's episode. So we were talking about food waste and mm-hmm. and what we can be, you know, how we're thinking about that and combating that. And I was digging around on the Imperfect Foods website. And one of the things that they mentioned and that they push um, as being an offering are off-size eggs, mm. i.e. like medium eggs. Interesting. I do always wonder at the grocery store, like given the option between like large and jumbo eggs, how is one deciding? Well, I like a medium egg. That's my personal preference, but it's much harder to come by at most grocery stores and like most food shopping um, that I do because I feel like large, extra large and jumbo have become just like the thing, right? But I feel like, you know, if I'm making like an egg and toast or something, I want the egg to like sit nicely in that little hole. Like I don't want it to be overwhelming. And sometimes a large egg is just too much egg, I feel. That is super interesting. And I never think about it. I mean, I mostly make scrambled eggs, so I'm not faced with It's like less of a thing. Totally. I eat a lot of fried eggs. um, Mm -hmm. And so this is very relevant to my existence. Is there a different ratio of yolk to white in a medium-sized egg? In my mind, yes. Okay. Um, And I just think it like cooks more evenly when I'm frying it. Like, yeah, cause there is less sense. like, I don't know. And let, listen, I'm, I'm not a food scientist. I don't really know, but I prefer <laughs> it. And something I hadn't thought about that Imperfect Foods calls out is that these off-size eggs, buying these off-size eggs help farmers because duh, not all right. eggs are like large, extra large and jumbo. And um, yeah, by like opting for this option, I can really pat myself <laughs> on the back. <laughs> 
Thank goodness for imperfect foods. They are on a mission to reimagine grocery delivery for a kinder, less wasteful world. They deliver sustainable, affordable groceries, including produce, quality protein, eggs of all sizes, and dairy. And pantry staples even right to your door. Plus, they are always adding fun and tasty new discoveries for you to try each week. And man, if it's new, I'll try it. Always. (laughs) All you have to do is sign up, create your flexible, personalized grocery plan, and then shop online each week and get affordable and sustainable groceries delivered directly to your door. With Imperfect Foods, grocery shopping fits seamlessly into your life and every week is a tasty adventure. Sign up with Imperfect Foods today to save time, save money, and save food from going to waste. And right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off plus free shipping on your first order when you go to imperfectfoods.com and make sure to use promo code a thing or two. Try Imperfect Foods now and for a limited time, get 20% off plus free shipping on your first order. Go to imperfectfoods.com and use code a thing or two to sign up. That's 20% off plus free shipping at imperfectfoods.com, offer code a thing or two. I know a handful of people who have started new jobs in the, in the midst of a pandemic. And I'm really curious if you have sort of like tips for how to do this when you're meeting all of your new coworkers remotely. Um, yeah, it's really hard. If you can, if, you, if you're in the same city, which a lot of people aren't, but if you're in the same city, figuring out a way to spend time with your colleagues, you know, taking a walk with them and what have you is a great idea. If you're not in the same city, I've been encouraging people to do one-on-ones with other people on the team. Like if you're the new employee, it's it's always hard to break in to a yeah. new situation. And but to encourage you encouraging folks to say, hey, like have a have an email saying, I don't know you. Normally we get to know each other. I'd love to spend 10 minutes with you. Yeah. Um and it's been really, it's been helpful. And it's good for for people that have been on the team for a while too, because they're not going to make the effort because they're all so busy. Right. So we wanted to transition into more sort of personal life stuff because one of the things we always say about you is that for us anyway, you're like one third management coach, one third marriage counselor, and one third just straight therapist. So this is like sort of the marriage counseling slash therapist uh, portion of the the interview. (laughs) Um, One thing that I will like for as long as I live, I'll never forget it that you said was the Wednesday before everything shut down, because I think everything shut down on like a Thursday or Friday. We were in your office, sitting on your couch, talking about like what's going on with COVID and what is this going to be? And like, how are we supposed to all think about this? And you said that it was really funny that all of your most anxious clients were not anxious at all that they were all like, I'm totally fine. This is exactly what I've been worried about. And it's so, my Olympics. I'd be yeah. trained for this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I have a couple of friends who fall in this bucket <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, and that they were all just like, right, the thing I've been worrying about finally happened. So like, in a sense, I can stop worrying because it's here. And I'm curious, like, do you think that's still the case? Are the anxious among us still thriving? And like, how how does this all sort of function when we have just a year of this this horror? So I just want to think about that question for a second, because I remember that very well, because I related it to the clinic that I worked at during September 11th. Mm. And um, really wanting, the clinic I was working at was downtown and it was closed. And I really wanted to get back to work. And this one woman in particular, um, I was very concerned about her. And I came back and I was like, how are you? And she's like, I'm great. 
you know, and, and I was like, really? And she said, look, when you spend your entire life waiting for the other shoe to drop and it drops, everything makes sense. Yeah. So I think that it was that way for a while, but I don't think it's lasted. I think that as this pandemic has gone on, that initial thought has changed at different points, right? Like it, it heightened probably over the summer um, for people as the, um, there was more uh, uh, sort of social unrest and around the election. And so as like, as kind of the mean anxiety went up for some people, it actually, for, for people that tend to be characterologically anxious, it may have come down a little bit at points. Um, but right now we're in this sort of long extended slog. And so I don't think anybody's really kind of winning in this. I think we're all <laughs> suffering. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I don't think that that's that extended sense of relief is continuing for people that tend to be characterologically anxious. Speaking of the slog, how should we be thinking about setting goals, um, personal or professional, when there's just so much uncertainty and you have, no, I mean, what will summer look like? What will the end of the year look like? It's, it all feels like a big who knows. Um, but I think also I personally, and I've talked to you about this, have this fear of stagnation and like, what does that mean? And how do, and, and is that just something I should be dealing with myself and trying to tamp down? So earlier in the pandemic, when things were more obscure, I think that I was encouraging people to think only in two week tranches. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer saying that we have a sense of when this will shift. Now it may not be perfect, but I think that as people are getting vaccinated and we're all starting to know people that are getting the vaccine and with this new administration, I think that there's, uh, you know, the, the people that are planning are such high quality that we will see a vaccination approach that mirrors the parabolic uh, spike in infections that we've seen, whether it's the summer or the fall there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that planning now is a great idea and being able to say to yourself, this will end. And we, we have a sense of when it will end. And so planning out towards those days, I think is totally appropriate at this point. And, you know, I think that if you haven't been changed by this pandemic, you're not a thinking, feeling person and how, how, the only question is how has it changed you and making sure that you're living that going forward saying, okay, this is the way I want to live my life. Because when you have this contrast of there's, you know, been a lot of sadness, a lot of illness, a lot of death, the preciousness of life comes to the surface. And so the idea that we only get one shot at this becomes very clear. And so it helps us to focus on that and have our decisions uh, and our, our our career decisions be in line with our value systems and our convictions. You know, we we solicit questions for an advice column we do um, on in, that through Secret Menu, and people submit questions through Instagram. And a question that we've been getting a lot related to what you're saying is like, how do I figure out what I want to do? Like, I, if I'm just feeling lost in my career and I just like feel lost in direction, like, how do I figure out what it is I'm passionate about or what I'm meant to be doing? And I'm wondering, do you, 
you know, it's such a broad question. I don't expect you to have an answer, but are there resources that you like, whether, you know, like some people love the artist's way, some people, you know, maybe there's like an online course or something, but I do think that experience that you just described that we're all going through where so many of us have just had our worldview and our um, ambition totally shaken up has left a lot of people feeling like, I know yeah, what's that, next. Yeah, I know yeah. that what I was doing wasn't it, but I don't know what it is. Um, and are are there just like, you know, methods or books or podcasts even that you think can be helpful for people in that situation? Well, your podcast, obviously. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a big believer in micro experiments and, and which is just trying things out. And you know, it doesn't have to be this massive shift in your life, but trying something on and seeing how it feels for you will let you know, because I, th- I think that life is really a series of successive approximations. Um, the two of you know this, that I've been moving towards doing more community work. I've been really interested in gathering groups for the last few years. And it has been a tr- sort of trying that out and seeing like, oh yeah, like I get a lot of joy out of this. And then it pushes me further into doing that. But the first one, which was in 2017, I didn't know. I just was like, this seems like an interesting idea and then allowing it to evolve. But the, the best counsel I can give someone is if something seems like it is interesting to you, figure out the smallest step that you can take in that direction Mm. so that you can allow it to grow. Mm -hmm. I love that. Me too. I want to talk about romantic relationships for a second because you said to me on a recent call that you have, you see some couples, not like a ton, but when you, you've noticed that there are couples who are like absolutely thriving as a result of quarantine and others that are totally breaking down and there doesn't really seem to be a middle ground. And so I'm just curious, are there, are there certain traits in a couple or even like in, in people that make them more likely to thrive in quarantine or just, do you have tips for, for couples in quarantine? So I think that the, the, the things that I've noticed are as follows relationships that are fundamentally built on companionate love have done very well where the the, the kernel of the relationship is friendship like mm-hmm. this is someone that you just like want to hang out with yep so that's that's number 1 and and there are a lot of relationships that are based on other factors and those relationships have not fared as well during this time and you know i think that the combination of companionate love and you know, a reasonably healthy sex life are what binds binds a couple together. And those things, I think, are the relationships that are doing real well. And so if you if you kind of have a companionate love but are finding that the relationship there's a lot of strife, like, you know, look, sex is a, a really wonderful part of a relationship and it's a bonding mechanism and it keeps you closer. So to the degree that you can bring more of that in to your relationship, I think that's a plus, you know, and for the relationships where you are, that are based on kind of all these other factors, you know, now is the time to sort of figure out if you really kind of like that person and trying to do more things with that person, I think are that's the key. I love that. You were talking some about community and something I've been thinking about a lot recently is just, 
that, you know, as this period and this like sort of lockdown drags on and on, what I'm feeling a real loss of right now is those looser social ties, like the friends of friends or the people that you ran into at a work event a couple times a year or whatever it is, where you feel like, you know, they are your like larger community. And there is this exchange of ideas that come with that. How should I be thinking about bolstering some of those relationships or, you know, making sure that I feel like my community isn't just this small pocket of people who literally are in my neighborhood who I'm able to go on a walk with. <laughs> Erica, you you explained that really beautifully, but you, the more succinct way that you usually explain it is those characters on Sex and the City that show up like every other season. <laughs> yes. So, yes, this is 100% it. When, you're, when, when Sex and the City was on the air, when we were, how old were we, Claire? Like in our It was late like teens? high school and college. Yeah. yeah. End of high school and beginning. And when these characters would pop up, you'd be like, who are these people? And how does yeah. Carrie have this like, quote unquote, close friend who only shows up in this one episode. And then you're an adult and you're like, oh, duh, I have tons of those people <laughs> that I have like a bond with and who I, you know, feel like I have something in common with. And I do want to see them and have a real conversation with, but I see them once a year. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to tip my hand. And if anybody that I know people that I know uh, listen to your show, but so I actually um, am making a practice of this. And so I actually went down a list of my contacts and every week I've been sending five emails out saying, Hey, let's catch up. And I've been doing these like brief calls with people that I don't see that often. Um, but it's been really nice to kind of catch up with them, but kind of being deliberate about that. And so I have five a week for a long time and some people don't respond to me, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but and that it's tells just you everything nice you need to, to hear that though, that it's nice to hear that they don't respond too. Cause then if I start doing this and don't get response, then I won't spiral about <laughs> yes, why. No, there's definitely, there's definitely people that like, whatever, um, you know, but, uh, if you're listening, you're dead to me. That's right. Um, and, <laughs> um, so yeah. One final question is that we, I think there are a lot of people who are facing mental health challenges in a more serious way for the first time the, over the course of this past year, or like for the first time, or at least sort of like realizing and acknowledging that it's something that they need to be sort of addressing. And do you have any tips for people who have to navigate that under quarantine and, and figure out like what, how do you find a therapist? How do you, you know, start to grapple with that? So it's challenging, right? Because look, there's plenty of great, like most, almost all therapists I know, like are doing online um, sessions. So it's, it's in many ways easier than it's ever been. Yeah. The thing that I think is challenging um, is for people that um, are living alone and just don't have a lot. Cause if you're living with someone, you have someone that has eyes on you and they can be like, you know, I think it'd be useful if you, um, but if you're, if not, it's one of these cases where like, I, I worry about the loneliness epidemic getting worse because, you know, if you're someone that's alone, you're sort of starved for social contact. And then you end up kind of like, just forgive me, but like dumping your problems onto someone, not a therapist necessarily, but like friends, and then you end up further alienating them. And so just sort of uh, being mindful of that. And if you're someone that, that knows people as we all do, that is living alone, be extra careful to reach out to them a little bit more often because it's just it's just brutal to be navigating this time on your own. So, yeah. Yeah, that's extremely helpful. Ben, this was so lovely. Thank you so much for coming on and for just yeah. doing doing all that you do for us. We're incredibly grateful. Well, it is 
absolutely a pleasure. Uh, I, I do really love listening to the show and I'm uh, really glad to be on it. So thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, hope you guys just have a great day. That's thank the show. You. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and much more on a thing or two HQ.com.